therefore, must make use of the richness of church tradition while also ministering effectively to a world of ever-evolving challenges and realities. Pope Francis ascended to the papacy two years ago, becoming Catholicism's first leader from South America. A curious narrative soon emerged with regards to his approach to the past and the traditions of the church among cultural, political, and religious conservatives in the United States. He has made no substantial changes to Catholic doctrine, and yet has nonetheless earned opprobrium worthy of extreme tampering. It seems rather that Francis inspires uncomfortable feelings and affronts particular dispositions rather than particular doctrines. A key moment for testing this hypothesis is on the horizon. This summer, Francis is expected to publish an encyclical, an authoritative papal document indicating an issue's pressing priority on the environment. It will reportedly address matters of environmental stewardship and climate change. No specifics of the document have been issued yet. As its release draws near, American conservatives have begun protesting supposedly vast reforms that have not happened. Steve Moore, chief economist at the Heritage Foundation, has declared Francis an adherent of a modern pagan green religion. Maureen Malarkey, a writer for the religious journal First Things, charged the Pope with bending theology to premature, intemperate policy endorsements. No one but Pope Francis and his closest advisors know what is contained within the encyclical. Conservatives, troubled by the very suggestion of a theological approach to climate change, have been forced to expose more id than argument, dragging in such temporal terms as modern and premature. Pope Francis will travel to Washington, D.C. in September to address Congress, a visit already hotly anticipated. To understand the responses of conservative Catholic politicians like Representatives Paul Ryan and Peter King to papal pronouncements on inequality and climate change requires untangling the Church's other trinity of the Pope, the past, and the right wing. Conservatives have been wary of Francis since his ascension in March 2013. On the day he was named Pope, the far-right Catholic blog, Rorate Kiley, called Francis a sworn enemy of the traditional Mass. In the following summer, legendarily plain-spoken Philadelphia Archbishop Charles Chaput said that the right wing of the Church generally have not been really happy with Francis's papacy. Francis had that week made his famous quip, Who am I to judge? when asked about homosexuality. He was referring specifically to gay people who follow Church teachings and seek a celibate life within the Church and thus his statement was entirely in keeping with Catholic doctrine. The trouble seemed to stem largely from the fact that he had used the modern parlance gay. In May 2014, conservative Catholic writer Michael Brendan Doherty published a provocative op-ed in The Week arguing that Catholics must learn to resist their popes, even Pope Francis. Doherty suggested that the legitimacy of papal teaching and, in a sense, the principle of papal infallibility was subject to review by the greater body of Catholic faithful. The duty of the believer, he concluded, is not just to rebuke and correct those in authority, but to throw rotting cabbage at them or make them miserable. There have always been grumblings about popes, but the differences in opinion between Francis and the movement collectively known as the American Right appear especially numerous and unusually bitter. In October 2014, New York Times columnist Ross Douthat who is Catholic, wrote that in matters of marriage and family life, Francis may be preserved from error only if the Church itself resists him. The error he referred to 
was Francis's leadership at the Synod on the Family, held in Rome in October. The Pope's hand-picked prelates had drafted a working document for the Synod, which contained early and mildly positive language regarding homosexual orientation and the possibility of communion for the divorced. Homosexuals have gifts and qualities to offer the Christian community, the document originally read, adding, For some divorced and remarried persons, partaking of the sacraments might occur were it preceded by a penitential path. The final report issued from the Synod was substantially revised, and most of this language was removed. Communion remains generally unavailable to the divorced and remarried, and church attitudes towards homosexuality continue to be negative. Conservatives were nonetheless rattled by Francis's willingness to flexibly address what appeared to be modern problems, gay people in the church, and the ever-growing number of divorced and remarried persons. At the end of his column,